There, there we go. go. Okay. That's a lot better. Can you say something? Noelan Zishura. I'm awesome. Okay. Okay. So can you say your name again and what year you are? My name is Noelan Zishura. I am a fourth year at Enya College. Um, so we're just going to jump right in. Um, <laughs> what are your feelings um, on the POC culture on Antioch's campus? Wait, hmm. before you say anything, I have to fix this. Sorry, it's like acting. Okay. This is a very deep question. I feel like, you know, when, when it comes to when we need each other, we're there for each other. But, um, what is the question? I feel like it's a strong culture. I think, can you describe what actually that means? What? Just, it's okay just to have like a stream of consciousness. You don't really have to have like a, well, black and white to give, No, it's more to give like, so the culture in what way, like what? I'm gonna have just a conversation with y'all. Okay, you know, um, I would say we've we've come more together the more students we have, you know, because you know I came here four years ago, and we only have a, had a few, so. And the women of color, we would talk more about what's going on with us, but we wouldn't say we we joined with the men of color. We didn't start the POC um, group until the second years came, you know, the 2017ers. And I don't know if we felt like it wasn't necessary or to join with the men, but we met when we felt like we need to meet and talk about things that are going on with us. And we knew it was it had to do with our identities right especially our you know color and so i would say the culture has changed the more students we have that are poc and um i would say it has become stronger and it has strengthened our own identity and i would say my identity has been really i won't say enlightened you know that's a weird word to use but I would say the 2017ers have, have helped me love myself even more. You know, I, I, it's like, it's not like I didn't love myself, but recognizing there were some things in me that I still were, I was dealing with, you know. Um, when you hear one of this, I would say, Kebese, like, I love dark people. And I'd never say that. I would, I'd never mentioned that from my my mouth. It never came out, but... Mm -hmm. Hearing her say it made me think, like, Noella, why don't you ever say that? So it, it came back to my conscience, like, wh why, 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 you know? Because I never really, I, I don't think I ever thought about more of my skin color, but I always think about what is my spiritual color, mm -hmm. you know? So if it's a it's a pure one or it's a dark one it's it's a weird concept because when you when you think of pure you think of white right because that's what the color has been used white is pure black is evil per se right um and i think that's really the problem wow i'm jumping to something else but like uh 
the reason that a lot of people are, are afraid of dark people is because the concept of pureness and what, what is scary. Dark is scary. Because when, we, when we're going through problems, depression, we say it's a dark place in our life. It's a, it was a dark period. And when you hear that, you think about, so now people of color are darker, the darkest, right? And then there's that spectrum when you think about dark versus light, you know? So, gosh, that's way off of this question. But, like, I would say the 2017 teeners helped me be really conscious of, like, how I think about my culture and, like, more specifically my color and how it's seen, right? Because it affects how I deal with other people and how I react to issues and all these other issues that are really important that I sometimes just brush off because I don't probably want to deal with them or I don't see them as important or whatever the reason is or um, that I don't bring to light. So I would say the culture has... The culture has really been strengthened. Yeah. If you don't mind me asking a follow-up question on that, Two follow-up questions. The first one, I, mean, I think you've kind of said this, but I just like to make it slightly clearer. Mm-hmm. So you believe that POC culture on campus is a very positive thing. Well, within within the POC, you know, we've there have been problems. We know we know, know that whoever knows, whoever doesn't know, I don't know. But you know, there have been the culture has not always been strong, but um, we I think we strive for that. You know, I want to strive for that from in my on my end. I want to say like when there was trouble, I was like we cannot blame the white for our trouble. We could need to fix it within our mm-hmm. our community, right? So I won't say it has always been strong. We're striving for that. You know, doing this action today, um, those POC who still go to class, we're not we're not to, you know segregate ourselves from them is just saying that's what they need to do that's what they need to do um but i would say like i'm seeing people who i don't see here during meetings see i would say we're striving for that and um it's not easy because i'm i'm one of the people also in the poc who was asked questions like why are we doing this like what is what is the importance of missing class and you know what what if this leads to you being behind in classes will you blame the teachers will you blame the white people no what would be the reason behind why you failed so it's like asking those questions not not per se like because of this action but for every problem that we face as poc you know is there that self accountability of like what, what we choose to do too you know um, so would you describe PO- <laughs> it's okay. Um, would you describe POC culture as something that's integrated within our campus or a subculture or perhaps even um, a, like a culture that is separate from Antioch? I would say, you know, bef- before the issues, you know, what was going on with, you know, the letters that were left for women of color, you know, those big problems that came up, I would say there was n- no particular culture that 
would say, oh, this is the POC culture. I think it was integrated and people weren't considering, oh, these are the blacks, these are the this, this. It was just, we're part of ENIAC. Um, I think when issues started arising, that's when it was more of like, oh, we need to actually make sure we're cultivating our culture too, even more strongly. Mm-hmm. So in my in my eyes, maybe I, didn't, I wasn't paying more attention, but um, I, I usually strived to make sure you know, we we do we do not separate ourselves in, from the community, but we're part of the community. And if we need that safety net, we take it, and it's mm-hmm. okay to take it and not feel that we're taking ourselves out of outside the culture. But we are part of the culture, but we are all our own selves too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna move on from that, if that's okay. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> um, oh. Hold on. Technical difficulties. <laughs> Do you mind if... Could you hold that? Would that be okay? I'm sorry. Thank you. Stop judging me with that face. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so actually this might still pertain to what we talked about, but what kind of social con- constructs, let me say that again, what kind of social constructs do you feel add on to racism specific to our campus? I think in general, being ignorant of what others are going through. And because if you, if you really don't know what another person is going through, you will you will judge that person based on what you've been taught, right? What um, what your culture, your own culture is. Even within our, our POC culture, we all don't have the same background. So even if we are of the same identity, we don't have the same background per se. So it's like racism. Racism is really drawn into that like side of privilege i have i have this privilege and it's hard to see what's going on with in somebody's life who's like who doesn't have the same privilege as you do you know so it's hard to see to look backwards if your your goal is to move forward so that's really the social construct with anything not just with the racism i think with classism and you know all these really different isms um if you have the privilege you're moving you're looking forward and so and if you're only looking forward you don't so you're really perpetuating that racism like you're giving that race that idea of racism like i have power so i will continue to have power because power if you have you have powerful you want more power so really that social construct is based on that i have power i have the privilege to do all that i want to do and why would i look back if that would stop me from moving forward that possibility of losing that power yeah do you believe that that is a prevalent thing here at Antioch that people were ignorant to um, the women of colors kind of things that happened 
or not just instances in which like there have been attacks, but just like the kind of story of them? What I believe is happening with those who are being ignorant about the issues is because they don't realize the impact that that those individuals have to you know have when these things are going on with them so it's it's really sometimes they don't know what to do like what do i do about somebody being threatened and i don't know how to feel about it you know then there's been issues of like you're why you don't know what's going on so they they shut up they really shut themselves up because that has happened here at ENIAC, being, you know, if you're white, you don't know what's going on with POC, which you can be POC and not know what's going on with POC too, right? So, so really what's going on is, it's like one of, the, one, of one is they've been shut out. They've been told you're white, you don't know what's going on. So they're like, okay, I'm not going to deal with this. I don't have time to deal with this. So at ENIAC, it's again, time has to deal with those um, taking place of that ignorance, right? It's like, I, I have other things to do, so I'm not going to deal with this. And really knowing how to deal with it. How, how do I, what do I say? What do I do? Um, will, if I do something, will that make it worse? You know? So... That ignorance is really, it's based on so many variables. And that's why people are like, I, I won't step in. I won't do anything. So I don't make anything worse. But in that way, there is something that speaking to mm -hmm. can create that problem. So, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> no, that was really great. Thank you so much. Um, so this is going to, this next question is going to pertain to like what we're doing today. Mm -hmm. um, and clearly you maybe feel a little bit conflicted and feel free to voice that. But um, if you could just explain this action that's happening today in your own words and why you believe it's necessary or maybe not necessary. Well, today the POC group decided to do a day of disappearance. Um, it's very interesting to me because I don't like to do, to make myself disappear because we've been, you know, in, in general in the society, in society we've been made invisible, like our thoughts, our skin color, even though it's, it's so vibrantly there, mm -hmm. it's not seen as important. So when we called it the day of disappearance, I was like, ah, oh. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to disappear, you know? Um, but I saw why, you know, I read and was talking to them about it and, you know, seeing like, why are they doing, wanting to call it that and and um, why it's needed, right? That that was my next question. Why why just a day to make it effective? I was like, let's, let's disappear for a week, you know? <laughs> because, you know, if we want people not to know that we're not here, a week is is a start, a month, that's big but you know we were like they started talking about you know our our purpose our objective is not to miss classes you know so we chose tuesday because tuesday is you know most students don't have classes but some do too so 
for me, I was thinking, you know, if we want to make it more effective, let's disappear for a week or a month or, you know. So because when you notice them, when students don't go to classes, that that can happen without, you know, a lot of them mm -hmm. disappearing. So, so I was thinking, how effective is it? Um, but in the end, I was like, I don't need to understand why some POC need this. I just need to come and support them. Um, I don't need to, to, to disappear per se, but I need to be there for those who feel like they need to disappear in order for people to understand what's going on, like we're serious about um, uh, the issues that we brought up to be addressed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that, that was really why I showed up to support who whoever needs support um yeah <laughs> yeah um so like as you know like this is kind of in protest to like some of the administration and just because we're trying to institute like a poc hall mm -hmm. um so do you feel like a P poc hall is necessary on a small liberal arts campus like antioch why or why not that's an interesting question because I've actually I went through this. I was like, why do we need to segregate ourselves per se? But again, I don't feel like I need it. But for those who need it, yes. That's all. No questions asked? No. Because, you know, I'm like I need a woman's hall because I need it. So being questioned of, about what you, why you need it is not, is not something that... It's a little bit accusatory. It's accusatory. So if, if somebody says, I need this hall, then okay. There's no issue in that. Do you think the administration should have taken that perspective of it? Yeah, yes. I believe so because... You know, it's it's not about them. It's like about creating a culture in which people feel comfortable. And the POC group would not really ask of this if these issues of, you know, letters being left in front of doors, you know, somebody being um, accused of taking too much space, you know, all these little problems here and there, which are really big. You know, if they if that had not happened, I don't think POC could have pushed for that. Mm -hmm. But they are happening. There are real problems. There are real issues on campus, and um, and if the POC group feel like that we need a hall to feel more secure, yeah, they should be given that. Do you believe that this is an issue of comfort, or do you believe it's an issue of safety? I would say both. Comfort and safety. Yeah. Because I wouldn't say, like, me being in a, in a POC, for me, right, like, I wouldn't say I need it, but I want it. Like, I, I want to be around my POC folks, you know? It's, we, you know, there's a different kind of feeling that you, you have when you're around people who don't judge you in a certain way. You know, everybody judges, right? But there's a certain type of judgment that 
you want to be free of. And I feel that when I'm around my POC folks, it's like I'm free of certain certain judgments, right? And yeah, it's a it's an issue of comfort and safety net for some folks, right? So we know there was those problems. So yeah, for both. Do you think this is a form of self segregation? I think it's a form of self-protection, not per se segregation, because they're still part of the, you know, campus community. Um, because would, would we say the women's hall is part of self-segregation? No. We're only using that term because it was part of, like, slavery and what came up, but would we say if we have a queer hall, you know, all these different identities, like, would we say that? We wouldn't. So it's about self-protection and self-comfort and, so, you know, like the wellness of the soul and the spirit and intellectual mind. Because if, if you're not well within, you cannot study. And we know that, you know. So it's about, you know, how would you call it? Self, um, not endurance, but, you know, just to keep yourself going mm -hmm. in all aspects of your wellness, your well-being. Self-sustenance, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Sustenance. That was very well put. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so clearly, we've had a reaction from faculty and staff about all of this. Like we've um, requested of some things. Mm -hmm. um, what do you believe is a necessary reaction from them if it hasn't been reacted accordingly already? I would. You know, faculty and staff didn't know much about this, right? Until it happened and until community meeting, right? So now that they know, I would expect them to address this in classes and to put, to really put the culture into every course that we teach. You know, I've talked to this about with other faculty members and, and I was like, you know, even though it's a math class, there is culture that you, who's, who's, textbook are we using why did we use this textbook and you know all these little things like um when did the scientists learn about this who was the first poc scientist da, 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 and you know like why was it why did it take so long for to for the POC scientists to be recognized and all these little things, you can incorporate that easily. It's just the time. It takes time. <laughs> and it's it's not easy. <laughs> because when you have a syllabus, you, you wanna keep going, you have a rhythm. But if you want if you have to change um how you teach, it's it's different. It's different and you have to learn. It's I would say it's easier for the social social sciences. Because I believe that it's already incorporated in, the, in it, but the sciences is dif more difficult, but it can be done. Do you think that this should become a necessary step within our comprehensive education system? Oh, oh yes. 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 <laughs> yeah, one story for, um, I don't know if I could do this, but Kemler, my um, chemistry teacher, um, at the end of our, our course, showed us a video of Julius, uh, Julian, Julius, yeah, Julian, um, 
he was a scientist who crap I forgot what he did. But he was a POC scientist. Let me look it up. Percy Julian. That's his name. You edit this, right? Okay, good. A lot. Good. You can pause. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's just gonna be, it, I'm just doing one tape per person, so it'd be easier. Okay. Percy Julian. Are you interested in being interviewed? Huh? Go ahead. Um, we're like for like our POC, what we're doing today. She's gonna run away. No, she's not. Percy Julian. You synthesize something, let me. <laughs> it's a long name, that's why. It's okay. Okay, I'm gonna read it now. So, Kamler, my chemistry teacher, um, he showed us the class of a video of Percy Julian, who was the first African American chemist um, to synthesize cortisone and serine. Um, he was a pioneer who who worked to synthesize cortisone, which are um, it's drugs and all these different types of. You know, he worked hard. He used like mechanisms that we had learned in class, and I was like, I was so thankful to see that he showed an African American who had who is well known for contributing to the scientific community. And that was so big, very big for me. And I told Kemler that he didn't understand at first. He was like, he was like, oh, thank you. But he didn't understand. I don't think he understood. I don't, I can't, I'm not going to say that he didn't, but I was so grateful to him that he showed that an African-American, he just, he did it. I think he, he just was showing it, but at the same time, it was, it was big for me. It was an organic chemistry class and he incorporated culture into it. And I was like, oh my goodness, African-American, smart, telling me, no, you can do whatever you want to do, you know? And I will never forget that, never. So yeah. So one last question. Um, uh, so there was a time in Yale Springs when it was a hub for cultural diversity, and there is a very big Japanese population, mm -hmm. um, African American population, mm -hmm. and it was because of Antioch. It was because this was a hub for diversity and culture. Mm -hmm. um, do you think that? You know, as Antioch is being born again <laughs> right now, he rose again. Sorry. Um, <laughs> um, as Antioch is being born again, do you think that that is something that could be put into motion? And do you think that, because like you said, that's a very doable thing. Do you think as part of the Antioch movement that created this move, um, that created the school again, do you think that's a place we could be headed? Yes, but difficult. You know, in on one hand, we're trying to make sure we're sustainable, right? Because we need money. But also, we give scholarships. So in a way, there has to be a balance. You know, there's yes, there's a possibility. 
which I would hope for. But also, it's that right now, I would say back then there was money to to bring all those students in and create this wonderful di- diverse community, right? But at the same time, right now we're young. It will take years, but it's possible. And and as you know, we're cu- the our budget. You know, we're mm-hmm. cutting budgets, and scholarships will be hard. You know, to obtain for the new incoming students and um you know i i hope for it you know i, I want i want that to happen here it, because it's when you have diversity in whatever i don't want to use manifestation but in whatever manner that is diversity of um color diversity of gender diversity of sexuality diversity of religion you know all these different diverse you know backgrounds that everybody has right um it creates the maximum growth of individual intellectually and um, spiritually emotionally you know all this culturally right so um i would certainly hope for that is it possible yes is is it will it be hard (laughs) yes because it it takes much openness and not not ignorance like if ignorance is still part of it, it'll it'll not happen. But it takes openness to create that culture, um, because it it's taken four years for us to get here, you know. So it'll take more years, I would say. And and it's fine. That's fine, as long as people are still open to the idea of creating a culture that is more diverse, in whatever manner that is. Yeah. Thank you.